This is my favorite part of the whole entire thing. We've got Sav McCaskill, Zoom, take one. We don't do any other multiple. We just do one take here with the twops. Oh I mean, yeah. It's my favorite. Welcome. Thing. Welcome. Two washups, one pro. You're the pro. We've got Sav McCaskill, a Gamecock, a racing Louisville. What, what are y'all? Do you know? Oh, a racing Louisville? Yeah, just racing Louisville. I don't think okay. we have a mascot actually. Yeah, Joe, oh, I just think it's like, well, they have the Fleur de Lis. The Fleur de Lis. Do you know what a Fleur de Lis is? It's that little like it's design the they have. It's right? a flower, but yeah. I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go with the Racing Louisville Stallions. Okay. Okay. Welcome to two wash-ups, one pro. We'll let you their I PR team like added them a, uh, Would you we'll just let them know that you have a, added a mascot that yes. literally does not exist to the team. It could be the horse. It could be the horse with the beautiful oh purple lilac little saddle cover. Mm. Okay. Just tell me who I need to talk to and I'll talk to him. All right, I'll shoot you their email. They're waiting on their bated breath, Joe, for you to email them with your marketing ideas. Listen, Tina shuts down all my marketing ideas. What did you just explain? Some like stallion horse? Yes. What? Yes. No. No. Also, before we begin, Sav, I'm very proud. Um, I decided to go out on a limb and I got multiple colored visors. Oh, okay. Um, Coach Joe visors and I can't just have one. So I went and I got a couple. I wanted to know what you thought. Do you like them? This Honestly, one? I like them. I can dig them. You can dig them? Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, good. Good to know. Check. So many things on my mind. <laughs> yeah. Joe's visor color. Know. Perfect. It kind of makes yeah. you look thin. Listen, I'm burnt. Okay. She's mowing, mowing the lawn every I'm day. She's sending me, she send me pics of her mowing the lawn. Oh, Just Lord. All right. Color work. Get into Joe, it. Joe, give us some background, though. Let, let's give this girl her due here, because she's got a lot. She's got give a lot. some Sav? background on some Sav oh, here. Sav McCaskill, let me just kind of, you played for good old CISA in South Carolina. Yep. You've been... Yep. Battled multiple times. Loved it. I think Little you may have come out box. on the lesser side, but hey, what are we going to do now? You're still yeah, playing. You I'm not. <laughs> that is fast. You were SEC freshman of the year. You went to South Carolina. You pretty much put that program on your back. Drafted number two by the Boston Breakers. You then have just been a trailblazer in the league. You have caps with the U.S. Women's National Team. I did some research. I did some research on you. In 2017, you were nominated for U.S. Soccer's Young Female Athlete of the Year. Whoop, whoop. Wow, you really did a deep dive on that one. Oh, huh? No, no, no. <laughs> Joe is Joe Facts. This is Joe's job. Also, this real is my nitty gritty. If you want some stuff. serious detail on this, you debuted for the full team January 21st, 2018. Just so the people yep. listening know. I did. I did do that. You did do that. We'll get into that. We'll okay. get into that. Okay. How was my uh, introduction? Good? Great. Fantastic. Okay. Fantastic. Go Cox, right? Oh, yeah. The real, the real, uh, the Carolina, real USC. Right? The yeah. real, real USC. It's the real USC, but not the real Carolina. Okay. Trademark that. We can agree to disagree on that. All right. We can agree on the real USC, right? Okay. That's fine. Okay. Cool. Well, then split ways. Okay. On the Carolina. All right. Let's get into it. So, grow up in South Carolina, you go to the real. Carolina. Joe, sorry. We got too much Tar Heel bullshit on here. Let's just give Savannah her, her moment. Right. Um, so I actually, fun fact, played at Vanderbilt for a year and you guys were kind of 
you know, making your climb when I was there starting mm-hmm. you were a freshman as well. So kind of talk about like, you know, for the SEC, I feel like, like legacy wise, just because of, you know, Abby Wambach in Florida, that's kind of been the staple for so many years with Becky yeah. um, at the helm. But like, I feel like your class coming into South Carolina had really like started to put you guys on the map and create consistency. Um, what was it like? kind of being a South Carolina girl, going to USC, um, building a program really like, not that they wasn't, they weren't successful, but kind of making them into a powerhouse where now you guys are consistently competing for SC championships. Um, talk about why you chose South Carolina and kind of that experience you had. Yeah. Um, so I actually had Shelly, the head coach of South Carolina as a region team coach growing up. Always. So Always I kind of works. knew, yeah, I like knew her coaching style, knew like the environment she was creating in South Carolina. And it was like a really big, like family feel. Everything that they did was kind of built around this like really inclusive culture atmosphere. Um, and that's something that I really liked going into college. Um, fun fact, it actually did come down to Florida or South Carolina. Um, makes sense. So I ended up going with South Carolina, but I really wanted to go into a program that was kind of on the rise but at the same time like I wanted to go in and kind of make a statement and try to help build something pretty kind of special and like kind of make a program um so I thought South Carolina would be my best chance to do that luckily it turned out pretty well for me but um yeah and then being able to be close to home my parents got to come to all my games and I'm an only child as well so they would have traveled anywhere to see the games but it kind of worked out that they weren't doing a whole lot of travel to be able to watch me play, which was also nice. How far is Columbia from where you're from? Uh, so I live right outside of Columbia. So it's only 30 minutes. Oh shoot. Okay. Hometown. Yeah. Kids. That's like you girl. That's yeah. like Joanna with yeah. UNC. Joe is to North Carolina as Sab is to South Carolina. Yes. <laughs> hey, but there's something, uh, no offense to you, Joe, because we cannot act as if though you went to a program that didn't have legacy, but I will say I, there has to be something said about that. I don't know if you guys saw it last night, but Mississippi state, that was their first, the men's baseball team won the national title. That was their first national title ever, like in their school, in the whole school's history. It's wild. I'm like, way to be like, that's an amazing, like to have your name on that, you know, I think that's so cool. There's something to be said about like kind of taking a chance on a program that doesn't have, I you know, I 100% agree that because unfortunately Sav did knock us out in the elite eight I think did you score that game I'm pretty sure you just scored and just took your team on to the to the college cup uh no it was PKs you guys went into was guys, it it was I don't know I tore my ACL then I was a bit in a fog to be honest with you <laughs> I remember I think we beat you my freshman year you did in the in the freaking on Fetcher, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, deflection. And then you also beat us in the, f- no, we won in PKs. Yeah, you guys won. Yeah. That's you, no. Won. Yeah, you ended up winning, I think, in the Elite Eight at South Carolina. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah, like 2-1 yeah. or something. And yeah, yeah, you yeah, remember yeah. Uh, we had a PK in the second half? Yes. To tie yes. it? Yes. And the girl yeah. missed it? Yeah, I do recall that. that. still haunts me. I know. You're, you're I love that girl. Hopefully she's, not listening. <laughs> Hopefully she's not listening to the podcast. Your sweet 16 <laughs> knockout got me too. So that one, we both, we both can. Yeah, yeah but then Florida State people. kicked our ass after that. So that's the good thing. I think everybody can just. <laughs> I think we lost 5-0 to them in the Elite Eight. So 
Jeez, 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 jeez. That's yeah, really, really cool. I didn't realize you lived that close to South Carolina, but that's yeah. very cool. My um, head coach, Jay Inlick, I got to give him a shout out because he is a massive um, listener to the pod. But here at Columbus State, he goes, you got to tell Saf. He was like, listen, we thought we were going to win that spring game when we played you guys. And Sav, we're up 1-0. And Sav, she, she comes in and I go, well, here we go. I think you hit like two or three in like eight minutes and like won the game. And he oh, was like, no. he told me to tell you thank you for that. So uh, tell him yes. anytime, you know. It was yeah. my I mean, he's listening now, so you can give him, you oh, can okay. tell him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he's, anytime. Anytime. Yeah. Anytime. 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 So <laughs> you, let's move on because I want to hear from your perspective on how all this went down because I know okay. my perspective. I want to hear your perspective. You have a, st- it's, it's quite it's quite humorous now, but you have a stellar college career. You were drafted number two by the good old Boston Breakers. <laughs> yes. They then, I think it was within four to five weeks, they fold. Mm-hmm. Talk Jokes about- on you. <laughs> Jokes on you, right? Jokes yes. on you. Talk and just kind of discuss your process of having to mentally deal with what a roller coaster slash slash kind of shit show that was. I want to know like your mental like process. What did you think about? What were you doing? How did you, how'd you deal with it? Yeah. Well, okay. So let's back up. So I was not even at the draft when the draft was going on because I was in national team camp for the first time we were in January camp. So I had like was, I'd been on the phone with my agent, like almost 24 seven leading up to the draft. Like, so you're probably going to go to Boston. Andy's probably going to go one. You're probably going to go number two. You're probably going to end up at Boston, but Boston's folding. Yeah. So like I knew going into the draft that Boston had already folded. Like there was no ifs, ands, buts about it. They were folding, but the league then said that they're still going to draft people and then we'll just deal with it afterwards. So I was like, okay, great. So like all of the, you know, promo things, it's like, oh yeah, I can't wait to be in Boston. Like all this stuff. It's like, all fake because I knew that they were folding. So that was just kind of wild in and of itself. I was like, how do you get drafted to a team that's folding? And then I don't really have a team. So it's just kind of like, and then I was also at national team camp. So I had all of that going on in my head. So it was just kind of a wild time. Um, But then I think after national team camp, I got back and they were like, okay, so now we're going to have a dispersal draft. Yeah, that was funny. Yes, like, <laughs> all of these, all of the players that are on Boston are now going into another draft that the worst teams in the league from the last season got the best picks. So once again, it was like, okay, the bottom teams are going to get the best picks. And it was like the same thing. Like I knew Rose was going to go one to Spirit. And then my agent was like, yeah, they're going to, Sky Blue is going to take you too. And I was like, oh no, I've heard nightmare stories about Sky Blue. Like, whatever, you know, it's going to be okay. I'll make it work. So yeah, I mean, long story short, ended up at Sky Blue. And then talk about a team that has made quite the transition. Very interesting. Uh, You're on kind of, yeah, Gotham, but you were there, you were there kind of in that transition year, weren't you? Where it went from, was it on the uphill or was, Uh, we were, we were still plummeting. We you were strictly they were like cliff. You yeah. were like plane fume crash. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like the plane didn't have any engines left and it was just <laughs> fluttering. 
spiraling down out of control. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to go from a program at South Carolina that I'm like used to winning things to we won one game, I think in 30 ish games. Um, it was wild. God, that's steep. Well, also speak, also think about like New Jersey as an example, like, cause I'm from New York. Yeah. It's just a really hard market to have a team without a lot of financial stability. Cause like, yeah. it's so expensive to live there. The facilities, I mean, you guys like literally had nothing that was yeah. your own. I mean, like <laughs> shout out to racing Louisville, like literally all your stuff now you're like, I'm literally. rolling. It's like literally going from like poverty to like a billionaire <laughs> in a minute. And that's just like, I just always remember with Sky Blue, there was just like nothing established. So it's kind yeah. of like, you what? kind of feel like you're in a rec team. You're like, show up to practice. Here's some gear, train. Yeah. And like, here's a field that we all meet up at on Sunday. Well, we were also doing and... our, we were doing our own laundry. There was parts of the season where we were bringing our own water to training. We were, you know, finding out, finding out where we were training the day of training. It's like, it was just, it was wild. It was, you have have the horror stories. You definitely have the horror stories. Yeah. Well, it's like, and everyone, this is the point. It's, it's, I always laugh on the women's side of things. It's like, everyone's like, oh my God, you're you're like, you're a professional athlete. I'm like, no, no. I literally went from like Virginia or South Carolina or UNC where it's like, everything is top of the line. I can get anything treated, anything. I've all like ice baths in the world and everything's like there, meals. And then like you go to the pro league, you're like, where's my like, my trainer who like can yeah. give and treat me at any time and take yeah. my leg and do whatever. And they're like, oh, sorry. You're like, you gotta wait a few hours or like, I don't know, they're not here yet or whatever. It's like, I mean, luckily it's changed, but I feel like even when we were starting out back in, when did you, the draft year was what, 2018? 18. Yeah, eight. yeah. So like, think about that. That's not, that's a minute ago. It's not even that far yeah. away. So we're still, we're but climbing. look at, we're climbing. now you're on the better side of it, which is awesome. Um, she's a billionaire right now. I know. Yeah, she's I'm a billionaire. Right now. So speaking of racing Louisville, you are somebody. Let's just give Sav her credit. This girl's been on some journeys through the league. Wait, I Going, think, hold up, Sav. I think you're the first person to be drafted. Yeah, you have to have a record. Of a dispersal draft and to be part of an expansion. Oh, like, expansion. Wow. Like, it's got to be, you've got to be the, I mean, Joe, Joe facts. Maybe you need to like, get I on need to like, like that's got to be a record or something. It's got to yeah, be. Deep dive into that and then we'll follow up. Yeah, so you know what? I like reading it as Joe writes it. Let me set set the scene for you as Joe put in her notes. It's 2020. The league is expanding to 10 teams. Reading nine for two years. So we have racing Louisville, obviously. Um, There's going to be an expansion draft, you know, literally at the end of like, or in the midst of COVID, which is even crazier. So we're going to get all these players put on a team. Um, just to give context to people listening and understand, expansion draft basically works where uh, each of the nine teams get to protect 11 players um, and only two of them can be U.S. Women's National Team allocated players and then basically Racing Louisville can start put, picking players based off who's been protected and whatnot. So good old Rory Dames pulls a Rory Dames move and um, decides to basically protect his entire team and then trade you and Yuki to Louisville. Interesting. 
uh, definitely news. And me and Joe had a lot of conversations about this. Um, so one, talk about kind of your reaction to the trade. Um, I'd be curious to know if that was something that you kind of pushed for, just knowing like a new opportunity was available. Um, so to that point, were you expecting it? Um, and then kind of like, what is the mindset of now being like, okay, like I just got to Chicago. I'm trying to like establish myself in a new environment. And now not only am I going to a new environment, but I'm going to an environment that has like basically not existed yet. Like we're literally like a mosh pit of players coming together. How was that initial transition knowing like we're coming out of a COVID year and now I have to like meet all these new players and figure out how we're going to play together and um, just talk about the expansion process. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was wild. So obviously when I first got to Chicago, I was kind of in like a area of my career where I was either going to kind of, you know, really improve and make it into a starting 11 at Chicago, or I was going to be a substitute and just kind of follow along with, you know, just there for the ride basically. So I, you know, made my way into the starting 11 at Chicago. I thought I had a really good year in 2020 at challenge cup was feeling good, kind of like playing some of the best soccer I've ever played, blah, blah. So I was kind of feeling secure going into, you know, off season of this past year. Um, but then, you know, as the league works, um, I got a call when I like literally a week after I got home from Chicago for the off season and Rory was like, yeah, we're trading you um, to Louisville. Basically, you know, everyone's protected except for you and Yuki. Um, they were like, they specifically came after you two and they agreed to give us full roster protection if we gave you two up. So he was like, it was a business decision, blah, blah. That was kind of it. Um, then, Which, I mean, can kind of be. Yeah. You pat your ego a little, right? At least I don't want you. Right. Like, after you two specifically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so like, I knew it wasn't something that Rory was just like, yeah, take them, you know, like, to get roster protection for both Yuki and I, it was, I got the impression that they were trying to build a club around us, um, which the more that I talked to Christy, the president, um, the CEO, all of everyone involved in the club, I just got really good vibes right away. Obviously, super sad to leave Chicago, one of my favorite cities ever. Some of my best friends are on that team, but I just continue to get this vibe that this club was really trying to do it the right way um, and everything that they were doing that they had already been doing on the men's side that they were improving um, was all modeled off of how the premier league does it in England. So it's all, you know, both everything's housed in one facility. You go in, you have breakfast provided, you go in, you know, locker rooms, treatment, training facility, gym, everything's right there. Um, you walk out to the field for training. Literally it's, 20 yards outside of the building, train for however long, come back in, you get lunch, um, go about your, you know, normal day, training, gym session, whatever. Um, so everything's literally right there. Um, and I don't think anywhere else in the country has that for women's soccer. I could be no, wrong, but no, you're not I mean, wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like I, that to me, like I just saw right away that they were doing things the right way, which was really from where I was at Sky Blue when I first started out to now being treated like an actual, what you would be considered a professional, is just incredible. I mean, the amount of, that's now the standard and we're like continuing to set the standard here. And I think that's something special to be a part of. 
from a playing standpoint, I was definitely a little nervous coming in just because I was on a team in Chicago that had World Cup winners, I mean, stacked from first player to someone that never gets minutes. Um, like just incredible talent training. Consistent roster too, like never changeover. Like so yeah. many players have been there for like four plus years. Right. So like I knew what I was going to get out of Chicago to like something that was a little bit more unpredictable. Wasn't sure, you know, who we were going to pick up in the expansion draft. You know, the players that we were going to be able to get out of college, but you're still thinking about players that are probably, you know, have maybe five games max as a pro. Um, so like that was definitely something coming in that I was like, all right, well, I'm now considered one of the veterans on the team. I'm going to have to kind of make that transition into being used to having someone like a Juilliard's lead and have like that leading presence to then stepping into it and being a, more of a leader myself, um, which I think was good for me and where I was like where I was at in my career. I think it helped me grow and helped me kind of realize that I have to set an example myself, but also be, you know, able to communicate with the younger ones and help them along. So all of preseason, I mean, we had, I think there was three of us that had more than 10 starts in the NWSL. Yeah. So like, it was just like, we get into that, but yeah, like it's okay. So do do you think that I like was literally thinking about this when I was driving to get my USB cord back. Do you think that you going into South Carolina and having to build that program, not from scratch, but put it on the map, do you feel that that prepared you to kind of lead this racing Louisville team as a young player? Because like putting context as a freshman, that's pretty young in a, in a college team. Mm-hmm. You're pretty, a, you're a pretty young leader on this racing Louisville team. Do you think that helped you in your new role now? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, I think that I've always kind of had very leadership tendencies. I've just had to learn how to use those and like Mm -hmm. how to speak to people in the right way and to certain people and that kind of things. Um, because I am very hard on myself. I know how I would talk to myself, how I am very demanding of myself. So in South Carolina, I had to grow in that from my freshman year to my senior year. And it would get me in trouble at times. So I think, you know, being able to be in that position in South Carolina and having to like be cognizant of that, like I think that helped me grow to be able to help, you know, come into this organization and this club and continue to grow in that aspect, but know that I have the experience to be able to do that. I wonder, like just knowing your experience and being on multiple teams at this point, uh, what is your take on kind of, it's interesting to me that there's not like a consistent standard for just kind of general environment, like what's provided for players per club. Do you feel like that's something that maybe needs to be pushed a little bit harder by the NWSL? Just because like, obviously with new teams coming in, I'm seeing the standards being held, like Angel City will probably have great facilities and things. And obviously, you know, Louisville is doing great, but then it's like, I feel like there's some like legacy teams that are lagging in a sense. And like, we're trying to get there, but I wonder if like the lack of accountability in terms of like the league being like, this is the absolute standard. It must happen is something that needs to happen. So that like, it's kind of a level playing field in that sense. Um, If that makes sense in a way, I just am curious your thoughts because you've literally seen it all. 
And I'm sure, to be fair, Gotham, I know, has improved. So I don't know if that situation's the same anymore, but I'd be curious what you think, just being yeah. in a lot of environments. I definitely think that not so much from a league standpoint, but just because of clubs that are coming in and starting to do things that are more professional and providing more things for players, I think that's putting some of the lesser clubs, like not lesser clubs, but like some of the slower to move into that kind of space, those kind of clubs, like – I think it's just putting pressure on them so that they're feeling, yeah. like, okay, well, we need to step our game up or we're going to look like, you know, a summer league team, you know, like we need to continue to grow as the organ, like as the um, league itself is growing. So I don't think it's really, I mean, it'd be great if the league could come out and say, you know, this is X, Y, yeah. and you have to do that. But I don't think until every club has the amount of funding that, say, you know, a Portland has, an LAFC has, a, right. or Angel City FC has, you know, all that kind of stuff. I don't think that they can specifically say like, okay, well, this is the standard. You must meet this because I think a lot of clubs as of now would struggle financially yeah. to be able to meet that. But I think a lot of clubs are starting to have more and more owners. They're getting more people on board to help pay for things. And I think, you know, the more support and the more money that we can get into our league, I think then you can start driving the standards of like, okay, well, you have the money now. So this has to be yeah. a standard. But That's a good point. Cause you think about like, I mean, I, I won't lie. I love that like Louisville, like whoever's running social is like flexing all your new stuff. Cause yeah. I'm kind of like, if I'm an owner of Washington or wherever, I'm like, oh shit. Like, yeah. They like, look at that locker room. Look at that meal look at that whatever i feel like there's actually a lot of power in that so you bring up a really really good point about just like holding putting the putting the pressure on other like legacy yeah. franchises to like pick up their pace a bit yeah. in that area and you have players around the league as well that are like well why don't we have that why don't we have access to this i think that's yeah. the key, is, the, is the players on the team being like this is not good enough like look yeah. at look at freaking angel city look at all these like clubs and why don't we have that and i think but to sav's point look at utah you don't yeah. want to like put funds out too quickly and then like completely demolish a, a franchise because you spent too much of your money too quickly so to her point there needs to be it has to be held accountable but you also have to have the funds to do so and yeah. at the end of the day we don't want to lose any teams so if there yeah. has to be lesser environments then because while you were answering that question so intelligently I looked, were you like a scholar All-American? I was trying to note take. I have no idea. You're, that's, that was like a very intelligent answer. And I was like, I need to go on my note-taking skills right now. <laughs> Is she smart? Know. Is Savannah McGaskill <laughs> smart? Question mark Google. I don't think I was ever a scholar All-American. So I don't know what you had to have as a GPA for that, but I don't think I got that. Okay, well, you're smart. That was a very intelligent answer. And you're very concise, which I struggle on. So kudos to you. <laughs> that I've hyped you up on the academic side. Let yeah. me hype you up on the soccer side. Okay. Just letting you know, you are my mom's favorite player. Like my mother- Wendy me, does talk about you a lot. My mom always texts me. She was like, I'm telling you right now. She was like, Savannah McCaskill. I've watched her play since she was at CISA. I've seen her at South Carolina. That kid has a fire in her belly. And she is, she, I mean, she hypes you up. And I'm like, I know mom, you don't have to hype her up to me. I'm very well aware of how good Sav is. 
and what a badass she is. So you don't have to hype me up. You can just hype her up to all your friends that do not watch the NWSL. <laughs> so That's on amazing. that note, yeah, Wendy Boyles is Sav McCaskill's number one fan. That's for darn sure. Shout out Wendy, because we know she listens. She'll be so happy that you yeah, said that. Yeah, that. She'll be so happy when she hears those. Um, so talk about, I know you touched on a little bit, but talk about creating that culture fairly darn quickly. You guys were a new team created very quickly, thrown into the fire with the Challenge Cup. And I, I think you just caught some unlucky breaks, to be honest with you. Like you guys fought and battled and yeah. now are to be a expansion team, you guys are doing an incredible job. Talk about how you guys have created a culture, how you motivate each other. How, what is it like being on a new expansion team in general? Yeah. I mean, so like, as I said, coming into preseason, I think, you know, it was me Michelle Betos and Yuki that I think God, I love sorry I love Betos is my girl we played yeah. together she's the Yuki. he Yuki. is they pick some good characters let's yeah. just say that yeah. she's the best yeah so like I think our us three were the only three players that had more than 10 starts so like that's in and of itself like there's a lot of players that can either come in and make a huge impact right away or come in and be a part of a team that happens to a lot of rookies that is, you know, just kind of there for the ride, go with the flow. We're not really here to make an impact because we don't really have to. And I think that happens a lot in the league because there's so many established clubs that already have their culture and how they do things that they're like, all right, rookies, like, come on, come along. Like you might get a couple of games here and there, but you know, we don't really need you. So I think, you know, between, the older players on the team and all of the coaching staff made it very, very clear from day one that all of the younger players and not as experienced players in the league are going to be needed. Like we need our entire roster for this season because we have to field 11 players and you can't play a 24 game season with only 11 players. So, you know, we need our entire roster to be ready and be on the same page from the beginning um, in order for us to do remotely well this year. Um, so I think, you know, that was kind of set as a standard from day one that it was expected for every single person to come in and battle, come in and do their absolute best every single day, because, you know, no one has guaranteed a position. There's not like a set starting 11 that have been proven for the last 10 years. It's going to be, you know, people battling for positions, people battling to get minutes. Um, and I think, you know, from that, getting everyone bought in on that. I think everything else just kind of started falling into place. You know, we, as a team, we just make it a standard that you're going to work for 90 minutes, regardless of the score. We're going to press players, press teams. We're going to defend. Um, and I think that's something unique to this league is that people, a lot of clubs in this league are used to, okay, this is how we do things. We're not going to change it. We're not going to go any, do anything crazy. Um, so whenever they see a bunch of young players sprinting at them for 90 minutes, they're like, holy shit, we have not seen this in the league. We don't know what's going on. And then some teams are like, well, they can't possibly do this continuously game after game after game. And, you know, we may, you know, we lost five zero to North Carolina. We lost three zero to Portland, but during those 90 minutes, like no one actually gave up. Like we were getting outplayed. Yes, for sure. But I think one of the biggest things is like work ethic 
is something that we like aren't going to compromise on. The soccer piece is continuing to get better as the younger players and as we're just get, continue to get experience and as we as a whole are getting to be able to play more and more together. But I think the special thing is that the work ethic is there for all, every training session, every game. And that's something that I think is going to help us continue to get results. So like just being able to say that that's a standard from day one and have everyone buy into that. And if one person's not buying into it, then the rest of the group is getting on that person and has the voice and like, feels like it's also their responsibility to like carry that and like show new players that that's our standard and all that kind of stuff. I think that has helped the culture in general, just be even better. Yeah. I mean, that's gotta be, I feel like it's such a good point to make. Like I've had every one of us bad losses in our career, but like to be on a team where everyone's fighting despite the outcome, I just feel like culturally that's always going to set you forward in terms of like other situations you're going to meet in the future. I got to ask though, you know, despite those two bad losses, I watched that Chicago game. Yeah. And I got to say, Sam, I was a little amped. I was like, they, they're flexing a little bit out here. And I will say one thing I love about the league now that it's like kind of existed for a decent amount of time is like, there is so many storylines. Like the journalist in me is like, Ooh, like, okay, like they traded them, are they going to come and show up? Or like, well, like yeah. when Kaylee goes to Houston, I'm like, is she going to like turn out? Cause they like, that's her old team, you know? So right. there's like things like that that happen. And I'm just curious, like, do you guys, do you think like as an overall, I'm sure you guys had, it. I mean, you're a competitor, Sab. We know what you're like on the field. You had to have a little bit of a chip. I mean, any one of us would be like, okay. I'm I had a chip for you. I had a chip, right? But I'm curious, like as a team, because I feel like it's not said, but clearly, coming as like a bunch of players into one environment. I'm sure there's teams that, that underestimate y'all's ability to kind of show out. And clearly, I mean, I love Chicago, but they did. And so talk about like, is that like, you think that's like a general mentality about you guys as a group is like, you're like, okay, just think we are not going to show up. And then when we are running down your throat for 90 minutes, you're going to think different kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Just like wonder if that's a mentality. Yeah. One of the things that Christy says all the time is that we're not going to be just another expansion team and use it as an excuse. They're like, Oh, this is our first year in the league. It doesn't matter. You know, we're just kind of here to exist. We'll get better for next year. It's like, he's like, absolutely not screw that. Like we're here to win games. We're here to compete. No one likes to just be another team. That's like, ah, they're an expansion team. You know, they'll, they'll get better down the road. It's like, who likes losing? No one likes losing. So like, we're just going to go out and do whatever we can. And if it works, absolutely fantastic. If it doesn't work, then we continue to improve and keep competing. So I think it's kind of cool, honestly, is like without having a ton of players that have been in the league before, all the young ones aren't really aware. I mean, they know like the rivalries and they've seen the league and they know North Carolina is the best and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, they don't really know no like they haven't experienced it so they're not like blissfully unaware just like they're like okay i'm coming to play (laughs) yeah like it's just kind of like this kind of nice little naivety about everything everyone that they're like well it's just another team you know they they yeah they're great we watched film like but we haven't experienced it yet and so i think that's kind of cool like they're getting 
to experience it without having to be like, okay, we're playing North Carolina this weekend. They're very, they're very, very good. You know, they're going to run for 90 minutes. It's kind of, they're getting to experience it for the first time and kind of play without overthinking it, which I think is not a lot of us get to do anymore. No, that's awesome. I'm so happy to hear that. And look, I mean, you guys, like, even with a bad loss, you show up the next game. I mean, it's been a little up and down in in the table, but it's like a lot of teams would just sit, right? Like, oh, we lost 5-0, oh, we lost 3-0. It's like you guys are like, all right, back on the – back to the drawing board next game. Like, we're going to try to win the next one. Okay, Joe, we're not getting the stallion in. (laughs) All right, well, we have one more that we want to get into. Speaking of mindset, so obviously you make your first cap in 2018 – which mm-hmm. I'm sure was a huge, like lifelong dream for you. So congrats, because frankly, that's a huge accomplishment just being there. Um, massive. Massive. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like as a competitor and someone, as you said, that holds yourself to such a high standard, um, kind of getting that taste and knowing that you can perform at that level, like, which I say is like the hardest job to not only earn, but sustain in the world, in my opinion, is to be on the U S women's national team. Mm-hmm. Talk about like, how that plays into your mindset in the league like what is that always and I know that that's still a goal of yours and there's so much opportunity you're so young and like we're going to go into a new cycle now talk about like how that sparks you as like especially being an attacking player and trying to perform and score goals like how much does that kind of stick in your head um, and motivate you to continually improve and, and play at the highest level yeah I mean that's definitely my number one driving force I mean since I got a taste of that in 2018 I absolutely want to be able to get back there and stay there. Like I want to spend longer than I spent six months, I think with national team when I was there. So like, I want to get back there. I want to be able to stay there. I want to go to world cups. I want to go to Olympics. Um, So that's a hundred percent. Like what I, why I play every single day for our league is that I want to get back for with the national team. So everything I do in training and games, like it's always just trying to help myself get better so that, if and when my name gets called again, like I am ready for it. I don't waste it because I think when I got called in in 2018, I mean, I was fresh out of college. I was very naive about the whole thing. Um, in the fact of thinking that, okay, I got called up, like my job's done, you know, I'm here. My town will continue to take over, continue to help me shine, keep getting me called in kind of all that stuff. Um, so you know, obviously that's not enough. You learned that as learned that as you get older, it's, it's definitely not enough. And so when I really got traded to Chicago, I was like, I kind of said this earlier, but I was kind of in a position in my career where I was either going to get myself fit and get myself into a starting lineup at Chicago. That was probably, if not the best, one of the best starting 11s in the league. Um, so I made the decision really, you know, going into the off season of that first year at Chicago, I was going to get myself fit. I was going to do the work. Um, and it showed when I got back in 2020, um, girl, you look good in the challenge cup. We talked yeah. about you a lot. You looked good. You yeah. Did. So like I, that, that was kind of like my mindset change of, I was tired of just kind of going along with the ride, you know, I'm a professional athlete, whatever it was like, no, my goal is still to get back with the national team, stay there play at the highest level for as long as possible. And so ever since then, that's kind of, that's been my mindset is, you know, I do everything every single day, but with that end goal in mind, 
and I'm a very goal-driven person. So I, that like helps me continue to grow even like the bad days, you know, the, the hard losses, the days in training that it's like, okay, that absolutely sucked ass. But like, you know, getting through those days is like, I have a bigger picture in mind. Um, so yeah. I definitely think like Christy Mewis is a great example early in her career. She kind of got called in immediately after BC got called in and then all of a sudden was not. And now, I mean, made the, the limited slim down roster for, for the Olympics. So, and she, she did that through club. And so I think that just shows it can be done while playing in the NBOSL. And I think that's such an amazing outlook and such a mature outlook in such a mature and just a, a great mindset to have. And to hear you say that, I'm like, very, very proud of you for kind of coming to that conclusion. I'm like, we're the same age, but I don't know why I'm telling you I'm proud of you, but I am. <laughs> Tina tells me that I hype everybody up, but like, I, I truly, no, I mean, it's, it's a it's, massive, I, like you dip your toes in the water and then like you, your, your feet are dry for a little bit. And, yep. and so I think, but it's consistent. It happens with so many players, yeah. some that have played in world cups and are not getting caps now. And yeah, um, it's nice to see that you have a good mentality about it because I yeah. think I keep telling people, not that I have any insight and I'm just, you know, whatever. I think that there's going to be so much opportunity for players like you come post Olympics. I just think it's been yeah. delayed a year because of COVID. So I'm real hyped to see like I girls like kind now, of perform and make their mark. Yeah, yeah. I like now want to racing Louisville Sav McCaskill jersey. I just want everybody's jersey now that I'm a wash up. Like I'm a coach. I play golf and I want to wear my friends. Listen, jersey. they got kind of dope jerseys too. Like, I know. You be rocking a nice like little flutely like purple like, I feel like, like every pretty. Time I, that's what I'm saying. Like every time I like we do a podcast scene, like I want to rep an NWSL jersey. I just came to that conclusion. Do you want to do that? I told you no. I actually think that like Louisville is an underestimated little town. Like I'm like let's oh, do a yeah. trip. And, oh like, yeah. Watch a game. Drink some maybe bourbon. Have a, maybe have a little bourbon. Yeah. And, like, go on the bourbon trail. Yeah. yeah exactly. Oh yeah. Okay. Can we ride a horse while sipping bourbon? <laughs> That sounds like an absolute terrible. <laughs> Joe, that's about as bad as our idea of going whitewater rafting this weekend. But you know what? We're still going to do it. Hopefully this podcast exists next week. We will find out. <laughs> going whitewater stay tuned. Rafting. Yes, stay tuned. Rafting. Sorry, I have to go. Before we do rapid fire, I need to just pause. Joe texts me and goes, we could either, this is our options this weekend. We can play golf. I'm like, God knows I can't play golf. And you'll yell at me because I'll be hitting all over the place. We could ride a horse. <laughs> Oh, white water rafting then I go okay that sounds like the best option she's like okay do you want to take a light stride an intense stride or like literally murder yourself kind of ride and I'm like um yeah let's do that she's like let's do the middle option and I'm sitting here like I have never gotten in one of those things and like she's getting this information for like someone born and raised in Georgia who's probably like doing this weekend and no week she out. works like, shout, out, too, shout baby. out Parker Morgan she works the white rotter rafting she can get us a family and friends discount so we can do whatever we want we can pick what we yeah. want she said that she would do the middle option Throw back I, on injuries I <laughs> said Tina would you like to do the middle option and I got no response so we only have reservations at a dinner plan because I got nervous and I gave up I mean, Joe, it was literally like, she gave me like paragraphs. It was like, 
light it was like medium to intense waves like may fall out of you know boat could have major injury like i'm like well i don't know which one to pick i'm like a wash up i don't i mean we're wash ups we got to protect our body go can barely run she wants <laughs> me to like go down a hill on a boat that we both don't know how to anyway is there an instructor gonna... in the boat or like you're yeah, just you're see just we're not going it. solo sad we don't do that here in columbus oh okay you guys will be fine i know so i try to tell her okay joe i told you 49.99 i'm in baby all right well, let's do it okay right. well we'll report back then anyway get into these rapid fire all right we'll get to these rapid, we love to do rapid fire it's like my it's i think both of our favorite things all right what is your favorite coffee drink uh cappuccino with oat milk from where uh well right now quills it's in louisville quills shout out quills quails like the bird uh q u i l l quill like a quill like a quill like a harry potter quill gotcha describe yourself in three words athletic funny uh loyal love that good one love we haven't heard loyal and i like that i know that's a light it's a good one good one favorite team to play Chicago after this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. God, you gotta love it too when Yuki's your teammate. You're I like, this it. is amazing. On a pause, on a slight minute pause, can you give Yuki Nagasato the biggest hug for me? Yes. Okay, thank you. Your current favorite takeout. Uh this place called Chicken Me. It's a ramen place. Oh nice. Love ramen. Same. I got it the other night. Television show you've recently binged? Yellowstone. Ooh. Ooh. I gotta put that on my list. Yeah. It's a good yeah. one. Very good. Your current favorite teammate, it doesn't have to be like whatever, but she could have bought you coffee. She could be your roommate. It could be Yuki. <laughs> um, Lauren Malay. She's my roommate on the road. Nice. Love the roomy love. love. Yes. Love the roomy love. Well, Sab McCaskill, Gamecock, Racing Louisville Stallion. We appreciate you for joining two washups, one bro. I think this is the most I've laughed on a pod, so I appreciate you. If I'm just laughing at myself, it is what it is. We'll send you pictures drafting. <laughs> Why is it a stallion? Like, who is? Are you thinking of like Louisville horses? I don't understand. Like Kentucky Derby? Is yes. that what you're thinking? Yes, the Kentucky Derby. They're is known for horses. In the Derby? They're known for horses, right? Yeah, but do I just have a complete Are you now referencing these play? Okay. Are you saying that these women are horses? Fast and strong. I would want to be a horse. Yeah, I mean, not the worst thing. You and you only. You'd want to be a horse? Hey, they're, you look like a horse. <laughs> I would love to win the Kentucky Derby. I would love to be fast. Okay, well, you'd have to lose. If any of us wanted to win, we'd have to be lose 100 pounds and like, flip. Literally, like, I'd have to shrink like seven inches and literally be 95 pounds. So that's a jockey. That's a jockey, yeah. not a horse. Oh, oh, you literally want to be the horse that yes. wins. The God bless editing Joe because this is all getting cut out. <laughs> Joe, Joe can you just start running around on four legs like on your hands? We, we should buy you what's that stick? Like a 
And that's a wrap with Savannah McGaskill, the great leader for Racing Louisville. We expect so many great things to come for her, not only in the league, but hopefully with the national team. And we thank her so much for her time. I am proud to announce the next week's guest is the legend himself, Anson Dorrance. Wow, what an amazing conversation. So much wisdom came out of it, and I think it will benefit so many of us in so many different ways. Um, Thank you all for the support. We're excited to bring you new content and uh, check in next week. Peace out, twops.